thank you, thank you. All right, everybody. Do you know what an idiom is? Not an idiot. An idiom. You know, a short phrase, a short saying, you know, something like, a, that was a blessing in disguise. You know, you didn't really think it was going to be something good, but it ended up being something good. Or how about the idiom, better late than never? Now, for the Nunley family, that, that, that doesn't exist. If you're late, don't show up. On time is 10 or 15 minutes early, ain't it, sis? That's right, you've got to be there early. Don't show up if you're late, especially if I'm taking you fishing. Show up on time or I'm leaving you at the dock. How about this? You walk into the room, speak of the devil. I walk into a room, and, and Pastor, and it's just like, what were you guys talking about, Satan? And now I show up, and it's like, speak of the devil? I don't know where some of these come from. How about a dime a dozen? What in the world is a dime and a dozen? Rocks? Ain't nothing I know there's a dime a dozen anymore. Here's the one I want to talk to you about today. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. How's that for an untruth? Nothing possibly could be more untrue than that. Would you take a look at the top of your notes? The taste on our tongue. Take a look at your notes that are on old scroll type paper or pull out your new smartphone and follow along on the Bible app with us today. And I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you know you have millions and millions of taste buds. That you put food in your mouth and you can taste what it is. But you also know if you think about it that what comes off of your tongue also has a taste. Not for you, but for somebody else. Haven't you ever said something that was sweet? Oh, that's, that was sweet. Or haven't you ever said something that was spicy? Or maybe sour? Or a little salty? Every one of us has to know and understand what comes. Like Maria, Maria's got a, her, oldest, her oldest brother. His name is Tony. In grade school, he was overweight. So you know what they called him? Two-ton Tony. You've all heard it, right? Oh, that don't hurt at all. Well, yeah, just call me Two-ton Tony. I really love that. Or like the little girl in my grade school, quiet as could be, intelligent, the kind of girl you just kind of hated a little bit, you know? But then she gets a pair of glasses. In our contacts weren't big. You get a pair of glasses, and these glasses were funky looking. All of a sudden, oh, she's four eyes. Now, that don't seem like much, but to her, that was crushing. You know? Uh, how about the phrase, uh, monster-in-law? They didn't need to make a movie called Monster-in-Law to let people know about that. Somehow it has, and it applies, and if my brother-in-law, ever, uh, my son-in-law ever uses that, I uh, have to cut his tongue off. Other people get a taste of the words that come off of my tongue and your tongue. You remember, in regards to words, Jesus in Matthew 4 told Satan, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's what we'll look at today, the Word of God. What does it have to say about our tongue? And then in Matthew, the 12th chapter, he says, everyone's going to have to give an account on the Day of Judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Now, if that doesn't drive us to get to the place where we say, okay, Lord, let's have a little check on my tongue here. Nothing will. Trust me, this is as much for me as it is for you. I have developed bad habits and sarcasm that I've been working on for a long, long time. The words we speak, number one, produce weapons. Would you fill that in with me? They produce weapons. Look at Proverbs. You got this in your notes or turn it over to your Bible. Here's the New King James Version of Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it 
will eat its fruit. They produce their weapons. You know, everybody here knows you You have a little boy. And he goes outside. He picks up a rock, a stick, a piece of bark, whatever it is. All of a sudden, it's his weapon. It's his sword. It's his gun. It's a bazooka knocking planes out of the sky. They pick up a weapon. Every time we speak, we pick up a weapon. And that weapon can be for death or can be for life. The words that come out of our mouth, it is a weapon. It's not necessarily negative or positive. It all depends on how it's used. If I'm on the offensive and I'm using it in a negative way, it's a weapon. But if, somebody prote- if I'm in trouble and somebody protects me, somebody uses it as a way to help me or to bless me, the, the Bible says my words, they can be pretty much the same thing. If someone is attacking me and they use it to protect me, words, they're used to lift someone or to tear somebody down. Words, they're there for correction and discipline. And everything that I say to you today, don't get me wrong. We have to speak truth, but there is a way that it is to be spoken. The power, according to the way that the word is, I looked this up in the original language, that uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It literally means it's in the power of your hand. Your words are literally in the power of your hand, but they come off of your tongue. Consider the parent that somebody was telling me recently they're having a little conversation around the desk and the one parent starts talking about her son yeah my son's a little piece of fill in the blank how's that for powerful words on and on and on I don't know if the the mother thinks it's funny this is a mother talking about her her little her little piece of you know what really that's the wording that you're using How, how is that taken the words that we speak are life and or death. How about a spouse? I was reading the other day, you know, how we speak to each other. I learned a long time ago from Focus on the Family, never put your spouse down in public. And when you do, you need to, you need to adjust. How about this situation? Read a little article where this, uh, uh, several couples were together and they were at a dinner party. And everybody's laughing, everybody's joking. And all of a sudden, the husband makes a joke about his wife's cooking. Everybody's laughing. And she forced out a laugh a little bit, but he, if he would have had any brains, he'd have looked at her face and saw it wasn't so funny. Oh, the couch can be our friend sometimes <laughs> when we're stupid. The words we speak, they, they produce weapons. If you're here today, whether you're an employee or employer, if you're a human being, your words speak life or death. It produces a weapon. How will you wield it? How will you use the power that you have? Choose your words. And I'm saying this, please understand, it doesn't dismiss discipline and correction. You're a boss here today. You own your own business, whatever it might be and you're doing an okay job, and you hire somebody, and you use your words wonderfully. Growing up and being in factories and stuff like that, there was a lot of foremen, a lot of boys. You know, they, 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 just, they were mean. They were nasty. It was kind of the guy way to talk. But to use your words properly, listen, you know, boss comes to somebody who's a new employee, and he says, you know, you're doing an okay job. There's two things that you need to correct. I want you to stay here, and I want you to be here. I want you to be part of this, but you've got to correct these two things. Please, I know you can do it. And he gives him two things he needs to work on. It's correction. It's good, and it really is life. 
that we bring. The words we speak, they, they produce lessons, and, and nobody here doubts that the words we speak are powerful, so we need God's Word to check our language. That's why we're in it today, to check the words that are coming out of our mouth. Number two, the words we speak produce nourishment. Look at the second half of uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it, what is it? Those who love it, the power. Those who love it, those who get it, those who understand the power of the tongue. Do you understand the power of the tongue? And those who love it will eat its fruit. If you use it properly and correctly, it's like eating a nice fresh piece of watermelon or strawberries or blueberries. It comes back to you if it comes out of you correctly. Those who get it speak words of life, and they get to eat fruit. When, when you have spent a lot of time and a lot of words building into someone's life, and then you see them graduate or you see them succeed. One of the things very early on we told our children is that we will allow other adults to speak into your life. Allow other adults to speak into your kid's life simply because Hopefully, you've got to choose why. They'll speak what is correct. They'll speak with what you agree. Because you know kids won't always listen to you, but they get a couple adult friends. I can tell you right here that we have about a dozen other adults who have spoken into my children's life. Sometimes parents don't like that. That's very, it's very important. Make sure they speak words of life. And those that now see every one of my three children serving Jesus Christ, they're eating the fruit of the words that they have given to my children. Got somebody? Have you talked to some people? Do you know? Do you understand? Do you allow that to happen? The words we speak produce a weapon, but they also produce nourishment. It comes back on us. People who use their words correctly will enjoy what it does for others. That really is what that passage said. The sad part about it is, and maybe I'm speaking to myself, and I'm, I'm, could you just please hear my heart because there's probably somebody here today, maybe one or two different people, I don't know, they're just thinking that this is for everybody else but them. You know, they just think to themselves, they'll go home and they'll continue to discourage. They'll continue to cut. They'll continue to put people around them down. If you're an employer today and you can't figure out why nobody wants to work for you, I've known a couple employers who nobody wants to work for because they've gained a reputation of tearing people up one side and down the other. Maybe it isn't just... Well, these kids today don't want to work. Maybe, but maybe not. I mean, how do you respond when somebody builds into you with confidence and trust? I get it. It's not always, but most of the time, it's responded. And likewise, we tend to really live out the words that are spoken to us. I think of the word edification. When I first gave my life to Christ very early on, my friend at the welding shop that I worked with, Pete Zafferatis, Pete and I every day would come to each other and say two words. And we'd say with an Italian dialect, hey, edify me. Edify me. We'd say it to one another almost every day. And what that meant is we were given permission, hey, uh, say something to me, teach me something, stretch me, help me learn something. Words that are spoken, but asked and wanted it. So we were always sharing something spiritual that we were learning with somebody else. Words. Are you asking anybody to edify you? Pair up with somebody. See who that might be. How about the power of the words in your texts? I have a married couple 
who I've known for a long, long time. They had two kids when they told me this, two young kids. Uh, they didn't have enough money to have two cars, so they had one car. But they were so happy, so continually happy, and they told me their secret. Throughout the day when he's at work and she's at home, they texted each other flirtatious comments. Now, it wasn't sexting. They just texted. They flirted with each other with words that came through on their text. I see them every once in a while. They are as happy as a clam. Maybe it's because the kids are out of the house, but I'm telling you, that laid a great foundation. The words. I'm telling you, husbands and wives, you don't flirt with your husband or wife. You don't tell them now that they're good looking. You don't tell them even when they mess up a meal, I'm so glad to just have something to eat. Somebody else will. You all right? Somebody else will, and they'll eat it up. I, this, to this day, when I send a text, Nancy taught me something that I think her daughter taught her. When you send a text, sometimes you don't know what the attitude of the words is, right? So you put a smiley face after it. It fixes everything. <laughs> to this day, I do that. I could be chewing you out, but I just put a smiley face on there. <laughs> a little emoji. Man, do people want to see you coming, or do they hide from you? I shouldn't be saying you. I should say me, too, you know? I am feeding myself, producing nourishment, and the Bible calls it fruit in myself when I speak to other great words. Or are you just a sourpuss? The words we speak produce weapons. Good, bad, life, death. They produce nourishment. It comes back to me. That makes me feel good when somebody uh, takes the words and does something with it. Number three, it produces joy. The words we speak produce joy. Proverbs 13, let's just look at verse 2. We'll hold on to verse 3 here real quick. From the fruit, look at, same wording. From the fruit of their lips, people, look at the word, circle it, enjoy good things. From your mouth, you enjoy good things. It's the truth if it's used properly. Knowing the power of our words and how to use them returns joy. Consider two different fathers trying to teach his son or his daughter how to cut the grass. I can remember my grandpa teaching me, I think I was seven years old, how to cut the grass, slave labor, you know. Bought me a McDonald's, thought that that would pay for it, you know. How about a little cash, grandpa? But the one of the things that it, it, I was just totally shocked, I, I, this probably means nothing to nobody here, but he told me whenever you cut, you've got to overlap a little. Like, no, that's wasting time. I might have to cut a few more the paths. You know, so, so one dad has his son or his daughter, and they're cutting grass, and they leave about five strips. And the one father comes and says, I, I know you're just learning this. You're going to be good with this. You're going to eventually do a really good job, and you're going to cut the grass, and it's going to give me, free me up to, to go fishing. That, that's awesome. But, but you got to, now go back over, and you got to do it again. And remember, every time you overlap, one father, wonderful, good words. And there's another father. He says, I told you. Make sure you overlap. Are, are you an idiot or something? Are you stupid? You got to overlap. You got to overlap. I, I told you, it's not that hard. What's the matter with you? Now go do it again, and I'll be waiting in the garage. Words that come back on the dad, though sometimes they don't realize it. The one son or daughter continually is like, man, I like being spending time with my dad. He's kind to me. He's teaching me things. You know, my dad's the strongest dad in the world. The other son or daughter is just like, man, I, I dread being around my dad. My dad's always angry. My dad's, he always uses names towards me. 
And some of us here have experienced that. The, the words we use produce joy, and I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about returning to you and to me. Use your words right, and the fruit it bears will bring you joy. They'll bring joy back to you. When we build others up with words and compliments and comments, it comes back to us. We see the effect it has on other people. If you learn how to use your words properly, you've seen the effect on other people and the results, and it brings you joy. I think about the people who spent time at the altar praying with me as a young Christian and later on saying, you know, maybe God's calling you into ministry. Think about the effect that it's had on me, and every one of you here today knows that. But look at the passage of Scripture that goes on to say, but the unfaithful. But the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. The word unfaithful there, you know this, <laughs> is the opposite of faithful. But that word carries with it a responsibility and a stewardship that the words that come out of my mouth, I am to be a steward of them. I'm to be faithful with them. The person who is unfaithful with them, it's kind of like an appetite for violence. These are the people that constantly use their language wrong and they don't care about it and they basically say, well, grow up. This is who I am. This is how I'm going to say my words. No joy is really returning to them. They're unfaithful with it. Those who use these words over in Proverbs 18 says it produces death. I mean, you know you can be violent with somebody and never physically touch them? All you got to use is your tongue. All you got to use is the words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can hurt just as bad. They produce joy in us. Think about that little boy whose mom is always calling him a little you-know-what. Words can be violent, and people have an appetite for it. Just think it's cool. They just think it's who they are. And I'm afraid you may be sitting here today and not get it, that the Spirit of God is trying to say something to you. See, we can't say something hurtful, see that it hurts somebody, and say, well, you know, I was only telling the truth. Am I enjoying the fruit of my words? Because those who use their words properly, the fruit is something that they enjoy. Number four, the words we speak produce collapse. Verse three, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly Look at the word, will come to ruin. The word ruin there means collapse. Those who use their words rashly, they'll come to life. The mouth can spew an awful lot of sewage. An awful lot of sewage comes out that can bring us down. This passage of Scripture says, on the contrary to bringing you joy and fruit, it can cause ruin or collapse the way we use our words you know for whatever reason sometimes we think we have to say everything that comes to our mind you know well this is truth whether you like it or not and it's producing collapse and ruin by the words that we use you know uh, you, you, you lose your job and it's not because of what you did I saw this so many times in 14 years you know it wasn't because of the way they were doing their job maybe they weren't the best but they were willing to work with them but their mouth ruined it for them their boss was an idiot. The foreman never knows what's going on. You know more than them. And the place pays too little. The boss is just here to get rich. He's making all the money off our backs. Who wants that kind of employee around? Their words caused them to lose their job. It brought collapse to them. A spouse is cutting uh, their husband down. You know, he, he's a slob. 
He's constantly a slob. He doesn't do this, that, or the other. And maybe that's even not even the heart. All, the problem is all of us outside the marriage know because they'll walk over to their friends and to their mother-in-law, I meant to say, and they'll tell them too. We know that the Bible tells us that when you leave your mom and dad, you're on your own. It's the two of you. We, we can ruin a relationship with a friend because we always think, you know, you're my friend and let me just correct everything you do because that's what friends do. Mm, boy, good luck on a friendship like that. My, my words and your ruins, they can ruin us and those around us. Do you have the courage to ask somebody that will tell you the truth about how your words are, if your words are ruining anything? Don't ask somebody who's afraid of you. Ask somebody who will tell you the truth. Am I ru- how are my words? How's what's going on in my mouth, you know? And will you take it? That, that's my question today. I've been just asking and praying, Lord, help us today. Start with Evan and his mouth and what it is we do. The, the mouth should be guarded. It should, needs to be cleansed. You know, I have a friend who, um, he doesn't run a, 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 a sewage plant, but he he filters through things that are uh, filthy, fil- and, he, and he cleanses them. You see, a sewage treatment plant, unless you have a septic system, the sewage from your house and industry in different places comes to a, a sewage treatment plant, and they use three processes to clean it up to get it back into the environment. They use a physical, a chemical, and a biological process. It cleans it up. It gets it through. It's able to go back into the environment. You and I have a two-process system that cleans up our mouth. It's the word of God when I read it. When I read it and what it says should be happening with my mouth. What I should be producing and what it should be receiving. And the spirit of God. The word of God and the spirit of God. The spirit of God. Does he live in you anymore? Does he convict you anymore of your words? Have you just gone loose saying, you know, this is the truth and, you know, if it hurts somebody, well, it's on them. My words and your words can ruin those in and around us. Our process is a two-process system. You know, I have a lot of good friends that I'm so thankful for. I have friends that will say, you know, hey, Evan, you know, I like to do work. I take my laptop. I go down to the lake. Somebody offered to open their home. Come to our property. I have Jeff who lets me use his string trimmer, and he's got this new electric string trimmer. Ooh, baby, I like it. He says, that's fine as long as you do the ditch in front of my house. He gave me permission, use it any time. And I got all kinds, of, they give you permission, here's our stuff, use it. The only way the Spirit of God is ever going to speak to you, or me, in regards to cleaning up our mouth, that process system we have, is if we give him permission. Have you said, spoken to him specifically, Lord, look at the passage of Scripture, put a guard on my lips so it can preserve my life. The words we speak will cause ruin and collapse. It's the word will, not might, if we use them rashly. So give permission to the Spirit of God to clean up your lips. I can't tell you how many times I'm getting ready to say something and the Holy Spirit says, "Uh, you might want to check that. And I'm telling you, sometimes he wins and sometimes I win. And I'm I'm just telling you. Now, I don't know how many of you have played the word game Scrabble. How many of you enjoyed the word game Scrabble? You're all sick. My wife can spell. I used to play Scrabble with my wife. 
but I would be beating her so bad, and she'd come back and beat me every time. I figured rather than being violent, I ought to just not play with her. I mean, when I type something up, I got a spell check. She won't let me use a spell check. In this Scrabble bag is all the tiles with all the letters of the alphabet that you can pull out of here and make any word that you want. I know you start the game, you pull seven, you know, and you make any word you want, any word you can with it. This bag right here has every letter in it. And to me, I look at the passage of Scripture that it has in Luke uh, 6.45, and it reminds me of my heart. We sang this morning, here's my heart. Look at what Jesus says in Luke 6.45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his scrabble bag. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his scrabble bag. For the mouth, what comes out of my mouth, speaks what the heart is full of. This is the work of the heart. This is the work of the spirit. It's not starting with the... I have a friend who's trying to stop swearing, and you're starting at the wrong place. Trust me, I know. Working in a welding shop, I know. You start at the heart. You start coming at the heart. You start coming and seeing what it is that the spirit of God wants to say to you. You get a passage of scripture. And maybe for one full week, forget about reading so many chapters a week. Get yourself two verses. Maybe this is one. And say, doggone, you're going to do a work in my heart, Lord. So that the words I speak are not sticks and stones and words that break people's bones. Only two things come out of my heart. Jesus said only two things come out of a person's heart, good or evil. The book of James. Can salt water and fresh water both flow out of the same source? The asterisks in your notes, everybody. Understand the words that come out of our mouth. Behind every word spoken is a subtle truth, a little bit of a feeling or an emotion. This is why the heart must and can be purified. I understand it's an ongoing process, but there's a time when it comes and we're working, and today, you know, we pick up these idioms as, as Christians or as people who speak but for us today we, you know like oh I was only kidding when we said something there was a little bit of truth to it but we saw the reaction wasn't what we intended you know here's one oh I'm just being honest you know you think you have to say everything that comes to your mind or to your heart how about this one why are you taking this so seriously because there are words coming out of your mouth and you always think well I was only joking you know sometimes idioms are for idiots. Some of those things that we say are an excuse for something that wasn't taken properly or taken right. And I have done it, and I, I'm kind of cop- confident that you have too. Who controls my mouth? Who controls your mouth? It is the heart. So in your notes, if I could leave you with these two thoughts, two challenges today, I left you a fill in the blank. Number one, get your heart right. Then good will flow out of it. To me, the test of the heart, as I understand the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself. The, the heart felt words is not how a person, it's how they receive it. It's not how I would receive it. The test of a heartfelt word is, is did I think enough about them? Did I, was I careful about what I said? How did they receive it versus, oh, how would Evan Nunley receive it? Number one. Number two, I've been praying and asking the Lord that while this message is going on, that the Spirit of God would lay somebody on your heart. 
Is there somebody he lay on your heart, somebody that you need to talk to better, somebody that deserves better? You know what the truth is? Sometimes the people that are close to us, to us get, the, get it the worst. Maybe the hardest thing to do is to not retaliate evil word for evil word. They give a dig, you give a dig deeper. They use a sarcastic phrase, you use one deeper. I know about sarcasm. I work on it, man. Is there somebody? Do you know Jesus said if you act like them, just like them, there's no difference between you and a sinner. Why would you act the same way they're acting when you know that it's hurt you? Consider these words, and I want to show you the video from the baptisms a couple weeks ago. Here's a husband and a wife. They're getting ready to get on uh, the uh, Korean airline. They're at the counter to pick up their tickets. Now imagine if you were at the counter at an airline. Imagine the abuse that you had been taken. This uh, smiling Korean woman is processing their tickets, and the wife asks, are these good seats? And uh, she says, consider these words, they are very good seats. You will be sitting next to a handsome gentleman. And your companion will be seated besides a beautiful lady. Isn't that amazing? Words can almost get your mind off of where you're going to sit. And you say to your, your wife, you know, she said I was pretty handsome. Imagine the words that actually take your mind in a different direction than even a question that was being asked. And how they last. I would milk that handsome quote for months. Whenever we have baptisms, one of the things that we like to say and do is we like to ask the people that are there, all of those who were able to be there, would you please cheer? Would you please give it to them? we got six people who are being baptized. Will you give it up for them and let them know that you care about them, that at one time you were there? The words that were spoken after that were just amazingly encouraging. Would you do me a favor? Would you kill all of the lights before we play this video? You just Now, when you see all of those people, go ahead. <laughs> when you see all of those people, continue to give them encouraging words. Maybe they encouraged you by their courage to be baptized. Tony, he kept telling me, the big guy, he kept saying, I'm too big for you to put on. I said, well, I'll stand on you, no problem. Would you encourage somebody? Was there somebody? In, the people that you saw. Rick, I have no idea when you came up out of the water why you needed to do that. I just, I've been trying to figure that out. I'm sorry. Just an encouraging word there. Father God, may the words that come out of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts, our scrabble bag, may they be pleasing to you as the words that we speak to those around us, even as we go from this service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Kim's going to give us a few announcements here.